you ever wondered how you, an elementary teacher, can move from inside the confines of a standardized curriculum box to a teaching and learning space that is more creative? And how can you make this leap in your teaching practice in an easy and more systematic way that doesn't create more work for yourself during planning sessions? This is what I'm hoping to accomplish with Get Off the Dotted Line, a podcast that gives elementary teachers simple step-by-step tools, guidance, and advice on how to make teaching more creative without sacrificing high-quality content, instruction, skills, and amazing learning potential for your students. I'm your host, Dr. Paige Hendricks. And together, we will explore different ways to simplify your planning and add a lot of creative impact that is outside the confines of standardized curriculum and the dotted lines. In today's podcast, we are going to talk about guided reading groups. I'm going to discuss what guided reading groups are, why you should have them as part of your language arts instruction, and a few things to do when you have those students in your guided reading group in front of you. I'm going to give you some creative, easy tips for making your guided reading group super effective and worth the time in your classroom. So by the end of this episode, I promise you will have five tips for your guided reading groups that you can implement into your classroom with your students. And stay tuned for the Cut That Out section of this podcast, where I'll give you access to a handout so you can remember the tips we talked about and use them right away. Whether you consider yourself a creative teacher or not, or just need a spark to re-energize your classroom atmosphere tomorrow, this episode will help you confidently engage your students and create an atmosphere for high-quality content instruction, and amazing learning potential to begin. I just want to dive right in, but before we do, please note that guided reading groups are part of a larger language arts system of instruction. Guided reading groups also fit into the language arts center time, or at least they did for me. If you need more information about language arts centers, please review episode 5.1. Guided reading groups are small, homogenous student groups who meet with the teacher at their instructional reading levels. When I say small, I mean four to five students. I try to limit my guided reading groups to five students per group or less, no matter how large my whole classroom got. This way, I could really get a sense of what the students knew and be able to monitor them accordingly. As it is, a five to one student to teacher ratio leaves you the teacher outnumbered. But we're used to that, right? Remember, homogenous means of the same kind or alike. So all of the students in one guided reading group are reading at the same level. And a reading instructional level means the student can read the text given to them with an approximate 90 to 94% accuracy the very first time. So if you hand a small book or passage to a student and the student is having a lot of difficulty in the first few sentences, then the reading level is too high. Teachers support students' reading through many different reading strategies during a guided reading session. Remember, they're the ones who have to learn how to read well, as you already know how. And this guided reading session lasts approximately 20 minutes. 
There's a lot of information about how long a teacher should meet with guided reading groups and how often. My experience was always 20 minutes and at least three times per week. Since I incorporated guided reading groups into my language arts center time, these goals were easy to accomplish. So why do guided reading groups? Well, here are five main reasons and purposes that should convince you. Number one, guided reading groups support students reading in instructional level materials. It combines small group instruction at a particular level for the students to engage them successfully. Number two, guided reading incorporates a balanced approach to learning to read while incorporating multiple reading learning strategies at the same time. Number three, Guided reading introduces different types of reading materials to the students and helps them explore other genres of reading that they might not know about. Number four, all of this amazingness is done in small groups. And how refreshing, teachers, is it to work with a smaller group of students instead of always having to work with a whole class? And finally, number five, guided reading helps students feel successful in reading. In the words of Fontes and Pinnell, leaders in guided reading instruction, they say to meet students where they are and lead them forward with intention and precision by bringing together a small group of children who are at a similar point in their reading development and guiding them to process a text that is leveled on a gradient of difficulty. That way, you are able to provide an incremental amount of challenge at each reader's edge of ability to process that text. Whew, that's a mouthful. But their website, which is linked in the show notes, has a page on guided reading, and it explains even more. There's also an amazing 1 minute and 30 second video on guided reading in action on that link, so be sure to check it out. Now on to the five tips for guided reading that you can implement into your classroom tomorrow. Please note these tips are for a new guided reading book, one that you will be working with for the first time with your students. I might tweak this process slightly if I was reviewing a book with students who had already worked with one and read it last night. But for the new book, here we go. Number one, select a book and get excited about it. Let's be real. Some of the guided reading books are adorable and amazing experiences for your new readers. You can come up with 15 different things to talk about before you even get the stack of five off the shelf and take it back to your classroom. But sometimes, I struggled to get excited about a guided reading book. This might have been because I didn't know much about the topic, it wasn't super interesting, or I couldn't get anything out of the book to actually teach to my students. Well, your feeling of excitement gets students excited too, so set the tone for the group and make it a good one. Number two, pass out the book and have the students dissect its parts. This means you'll want to have the students look and point to the title, the author, the copyright if they can find it, the table of contents if it's in there, a glossary, and the front and the back covers. For your younger students, be sure they're handling the book correctly, like turning the pages from left to right and make sure they're putting the book upright. For your older students, have them pick out that table of contents or the glossary or the index and talk about briefly why these are included in books and what they're used for. Number three, go on a picture walk. You'll want to instruct the students to go through the book and look at the pictures only. 
This is actually more difficult for your students to do because they want to get to the reading right away, but make them hold back on this until the next step. I always told my students that picture walking before reading gets our brains ready to take in all the information from the text. This is a really important step, so don't skip it or allow your students to either. Number four, select one new vocabulary word, phrase, or sentence that you can discuss with your students beforehand. This word, phrase, or sentence should help students uncover what the book is about, but only just barely, like a movie trailer. Bring this word, phrase, or sentence to their attention, have the students turn to the exact page to find it, and discuss it. Better yet, have the students write this word, phrase, or sentence down in a notebook or on a whiteboard, and then they can talk about it or write about it. Solidify it into their brains because the final step, step number five, is to read the book and read it together or mostly together, either aloud or silently or some combination of these two. You can choose whether or not you'll want to pause to ask questions or discuss what is being read. To recap, I promised you we would discuss five tips for your guided reading groups that you can implement into your classroom. Here are the five guided reading group tips again. Number one, select a book and get excited about it. Number two, pass out the book and have the students dissect its parts. Number three, go on a picture walk. Number four, select one new vocabulary word, phrase, or sentence that you can discuss with your students beforehand. And number five, read the book. So there you have it. Five efficient and creative tips for your guided reading groups to implement into your classroom. Whether you consider yourself a creative teacher or not, or just need a spark to re-energize your classroom atmosphere tomorrow, I hope these five guided reading group ideas have helped you confidently engage your students and create an atmosphere for high-quality content, instruction, and amazing learning potential to begin. To review key takeaways from today's episode and get the free handout, please visit my website at pagehendricks.com. That's P-A-I-G-E Hendricks.com. Before we go, I hope you have enjoyed this podcast and want to listen to more. Please subscribe to Get Off the Dotted Line. I can't wait to share another podcast with you. Thank you again for joining me, Dr. Paige Hendricks, in today's episode of Get Off the Dotted Line. See you next time.